What's up, my Housewives Relatable listeners? It's your girl, Stella, coming to you once again to talk about it all. Hi, guys. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone is having a good beginning of the week. We have a lot of Housewives keeping items to cover. We need to talk about the husbands and the rumors. So we're going to dive right into it, guys. So for those of you who were wondering if Melissa Gorga came out um, with a statement regarding what happened between uh, what, what happened during that wrestling mass match with Joey Gorga coming on the court and um, you know he was kind of like upset at the referee and all of that so I don't need to uh, repeat everything that we've seen over the past few weeks um, there's been like a video circulating online I think it's like a 15 seconds video it's very short and in that video we only see Joe walking on the court and like basically he's upset I did not see him uh, raise his arms or throw a punch or other insults he was just mad and uh, you know it's very difficult sometimes to just judge a person's action based on a 15 seconds video and obviously the internet went crazy and they were just like oh my gosh joe this is unacceptable and all of that so everybody is making their uh, they're coming to their own conclusions based on a 15 seconds video so at the end of the day um I was happy that Melissa and Joe did a podcast together to address the situation. You know, um, what I liked about it was the fact that there was no games. It was not too gamey. It was very straightforward. They discussed the situation. Melissa told Joey, um, Joe Gorga, she told him that he was wrong for doing that. But, you know, Melissa knows how to speak to her husband. You know, she still understands why he did what he did. But she she at least told him, you know what? This should have not been done, right? I understand your reasons why. Obviously, people did not see what happened to our son when they were wrestling, and they felt like maybe the referee was not completely fair um, during that match. But anyways, just to make a long story short, Melissa said to Joe that he was wrong, and I think Joe knew that he was wrong for doing what he did, um, but he explained his reasons as a dad, um, to do what he did and he also they both praised their son's reaction to the whole thing like Gino they said that he was a total gentleman and he was um, checking on Joe checking on his dad making sure that he was okay because you know he got kicked out and um, ultimately Gino was not mad at his father he understood why his father did what he did and then you know I know some people are gonna be like oh how can you defend this I'm not defending it uh, I know that Joe was wrong for walking on the court. At the end of the day, um, you know, it happens in every sport. You know, like here, hockey is a very big thing. Hockey parents, sometimes not all of them, but some of them, you know, it can get pretty rowdy out there, right? So it's not the first time that something like this has happened. And sometimes, you know, people, um, they get a little defensive when it comes to their children. So as long as no one gets hurt or threatened, uh, I think that, you know, Joe, he just kind of like acted out of passion and then eventually, you know, he got called out and he got escorted out. And then probably he had a conversation with his wife where she said, you know what, Joe, I understand why you did what you did, but don't do that in the future. And I'm pretty sure that it's probably not something that we're going to hear uh, anymore when it comes to 
Joe Gorga and his son's wrestling matches. So that's all I wanted to say about that situation. Um, I thought that it was, you know, people mess up. They mess up sometimes, you know, and just because Joe Gorga happens to live his life in the public eye, it does not mean that he cannot have some of those primal reactions that you have sometimes when you have your when you have children, you know? I have kids myself. Um, if someone looks at them the wrong way, I feel like doing something, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, not something like crazy like that, but I'm just saying like, you know, you get defensive when it comes to your kids. So it's very possible that there were a lot of un unfair calls during that match. And then Joe being the passionate guy that he is, that he wanted to kind of like address the situation with the referee. But do I think that he was going to throw a punch or do something physical? No, no, I did not think that. I can honestly say that I did not think that things were to get physical with the referee. So I'm glad they addressed the situation. I'm glad they both, uh, that Melissa kind of called him out and said, baby, it wasn't right. And, you know, Joe, I'm pretty sure that he was very introspective about that as well. Um, and um, ultimately, they said that it kind of brought them all closer, you know, like that instance that happened at the wrestling match basically brought the family closer. And it was like a beautiful father. Well, not the actual <laughs> situation in itself, but the aftermath, it brought Joe and Gino even closer because of that situation. So I thought that I was actually something positive came out of that. I don't know if you guys listen to um, the YouTube live that came out last week between Kim D and Dana Wilkie. And guys, I have to tell you, there's some cool tidbits in that YouTube video. It came out last week. It was a live and a lot was discussed. So there's a few things that I wanted to bring up to your attention. Um, one of them has to do with at first, I think it's Dana who alluded to the fact that uh, Louis Ruelas is having some problems with Teresa's lawyer, Jim Leonard, James Leonard, but they call him Jim. So basically, Dana asked him, did you hear of this? Like, there's this rumor out there that Louis is not getting along with Jim, the lawyer. And then Kim D nodded and said that she had heard of the rumor as well. So this was, I have to say, guys, that it was news to my ears because I, we all know, not just me, but I know that Teresa is very, very close to Jim. We can see Jim on the show. Um, well, he's been on the show even before he was Teresa's lawyer. If you've been a fan of The Real Housewives of New Jersey, you know that. And Jim was Joe and Melissa's lawyer. I don't know if he still is, but he used to be. He was their lawyer before he was Teresa. So we see him season three at the christening. He's in the background, okay, at Joe and Melissa's christening. And we also see him uh, when Melissa opens up Envy. At some point in time, she gives him a hug and she says to Jim, thank you so much for coming, like to the opening of the store. And she said, thank you for being my lawyer, such an amazing lawyer, right? So anyways, um, later on, Jim became Teresa's lawyer and we see him in the three-part special, Teresa Checks In. Um, he's very involved in Teresa's case. He's helping her every step of the way. Well, he's helping Joe every step of the way. He even like 
um, organized some sort of like um, like meeting with a guy that did time at some point in time. I think they go to um, what's his name again? Um, Angelo. Is it Angelo? No. It was, well, they went to that restaurant, Angelo, but with that guy from season six, Reno. Yes. They go to Reno's father's restaurant on Mulberry Street. And then uh, Joe meets up with some type of guy that I don't know if he was in the mob or something like that. But anyways, he kind of like explains to Joe what to expect for when he will himself go to prison, right? So Jim facilitate, facilitated that meeting between Joe and that guy who is now very respect, like successful. I think he does like some sort of like keynote speaking or he wrote a book or something like that, right? So anyways, Jim is very close to the Judais and he's been for a long time and even season, uh, was it season seven when Teresa came back? Yeah, season seven. He picks her up. He tells her that, you know, they paid all of her restitutions. Um, he's like giving her a lot of advice, legal advice, right? And he's there also for the girls. Um, if you guys remember, Jim is the person who also tries to is explain to the Judice girls um, what it means for Joe to stay in ICE and how many, ch like, you know, what, what are the probability of him winning his case uh, in ICE, right? So, Teresa has herself said that she's very close to Jim, that she knows him very, very much. And he, she knows his wife. Even in her book, she said that, right? So it definitely feels like Teresa has a close relationship with Jim, that she values his opinion uh, and also values his friendship. So I thought it was very, it was news to me when I heard Kim D and Dana talk about um, Louie having a problem with Jim Leonard. There's also um, a quick video that is circulating online um, from Chrissy Balls. So obviously she's talking about the whole situation that happened that took place at BravoCon. Um, if you guys don't remember, I did a whole podcast about it a few weeks ago. And you guys can see what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not going to go into all of that all, all over again. But basically, there was that rumor that Louis got into Melissa Feaster's face at BravoCon, right? So Chrissy Balls recently came out with a video. And um, there's a caption behind her. And it basically says that Okay, I'm just going to read it for you guys. It says, at BravoCon, Louis went off on Melissa, Louis and his assistant, and then there's a name that is Crash. Then it says, Louis kept screaming at Melissa over and over, spitting in her face. He was in such a rage. He told Melissa that Teresa is the star. You are nobody, Melissa. He was in her face when he went off on her. He told her no one gave an, no one gives an H S H I T about you, Melissa Feaster. He told her, don't ever disrespect me or we're going to have a problem. Then there's a name that is scratched. And then it says, and Louis at one point, we're both attacking Melissa. He says, you're nobody, Melissa. And Teresa didn't step in. She let Louis attack her, just like at the charity baseball, blah, blah, blah. And then apparently it says that Louis was mad that um, 
Bill Aiden hugged Joe Gorga, and then he was even more enraged when he hugged John Fuda, and then he called John Fuda a punk, and then he said, F-U-C-K, Bill Aiden, um, and then eventually they kind of made up, and he was, like, kissing uh, Bill Aiden's ass, uh, and all of that. But then at the end of this caption, it said that um, Louis screams at Teresa's lawyer all the time. So I don't know if people have read that because I know, you know, she does short videos and all of that on her TikTok and then she sends them on her Instagram. So I don't know if people actually paid attention to um, the bottom of the caption, but it, it says that Louis screams a lot at James Leonard. And I thought that that was very interesting. So it means that whoever sent this gossip to Chrissy Ball's um, is probably someone that she says it's not a cast member, but it's probably someone that has been or is around uh, Louis and Teresa or someone that is very close to the situation. And I thought that that was very interesting that at the bottom of that caption, it said that Louis screams at Jim all the time. You know, I have to say that um, during the interview between Dana and Kim, I thought it was very interesting because it was it Dana that was talking about that or Kim? Anyways, I guess they were trying to make it sound like it's financial, maybe. And, um, you know, Jim handles everything uh, legal and financial that has to do with Teresa. We've seen him do this over the years. And St Teresa has been like she's been able to stay in the clear and good with the law. Um, because, you know, Jim cares about her and he's, he's a lawyer. He's paid to think, right? So, um, there's no reason for Teresa not to trust him, but it could be that there's another man in Teresa's life that Louis do does not want. He does not want Teresa to listen to another man. You know, if the rumor is true, maybe he does not want Teresa to listen to another man. He may want to be the only man that Teresa listens to. And I think a long time ago, I remember I said this um, I when I was discussing the show, I said, I said that I felt like, you know, Teresa doesn't have a lot of men in her life anymore. She's not with Joe Judice. Her dad passed away and you could, you could tell Teresa used to listen to Joe, her husband, and then she listened to her dad, um, for all of these years and then her dad passed and then Joe got deported and then the only man in her life was probably just Joe Gorga, right? So then as soon as Louis came into the picture, we know that Teresa and Joe had a rocky relationship, but it seems like they were always able to fight and then make up and then fight and then make up and then fight and then make up. But ever since Louis came into the picture, um, you know, even me, I'm not going to say that I fell for it, but I wanted to give him a chance and I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, when he was releasing all of these text messages and he was saying, you know, you guys need to make amends and you guys need to fix the brother and sister relationship off the show, not on a show. I, I truly believe that, wow, this guy is trying, is trying to have Joe and Melissa and Teresa um to, to, to have peace within the family. But then once I started seeing him act on the show, um, he would say one thing and then do another. Then I saw really who he was because I was just like, oh, okay, this guy is kind of like a manipulator, right? He says one thing that will make him look 
look good in front of everybody, but in the background, he's advising Teresa to not do certain things with her brother until that relationship became completely severed and now they don't even speak, right? So a lot of people are alluding to the fact that Maybe it has to do with uh, Teresa's finances. Maybe Louis wants to have control over that. And he probably sees James Leonard, the lawyer, as um, a problem, an issue, because he has Teresa's ear. And you know what? I have to say that it's very possible that that might be the reason. But I also think that there might be another reason. And this is just my opinion, guys. And keep in mind that this is only if it's true, okay? My opinion is that historically, James Leonard has always advertised for Teresa, Melissa, and Joe to get along, okay? And if you guys don't believe me, you have to read Teresa's book, okay? I read her book recently. So in her book, she says that Jim was always very instrumental to keep the peace between the family. He said to Teresa on multi multitudes of occasions that she needs to move forward, that she needs to forgive, that she needs to get along with her brother and his wife uh, for the sake of the family. And then Teresa, she even admits that she was kind of like holding a grudge. And, and that's like after she came out of prisons, guys. Okay, this is not even before. That's after. And then she said that she was still holding a grudge and she would respond like, yeah, whatever. And then Jim would call her out. He would say, what are you, a teenager? Like, whatever, really? Like, come on, just get along with your family already, right? So my theory in all of that is that Jim is a lawyer. And again, he was Joe and Melissa's lawyer first, right? And then he became to Teresa's lawyer. So obviously Jim has a relationship. Well, I don't know what the situation is right now, but obviously he had like a very good relationship with Joe and Melissa. They invited him to come to their, their son's christening, right? So Jim is probably the kind of guy that is telling D Teresa, listen, you just did an entire season on the show where you did not film with your brother. You did not film with your sister-in-law. Yeah, maybe sometimes you were in group settings, but you never addressed them, not even looked at them, right? So it's like, okay, Teresa, you get to do that maybe for a year, but how do you think they're going to continue this show if you continue to not speak to your brother and your sister-in-law? How do you think that this is going to be possible for the future? You might be able to get away with it for one season, but you might not be able to get away with it for like next season, right? Jim is probably trying to think about the future and probably trying to advise Teresa to make peace and make amends with Joe and Melissa. That's just my opinion, guys. I'm thinking it's very possible that he's saying that to her. And maybe Teresa's like, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And there's another person in the background that is like, no, I do not want Teresa to make up with Joe. I do not want Melissa, uh, Teresa to make up with Melissa. But especially Joe. I have a feeling that Louie really does not want Teresa to have other men around her that could see the situation and that could tell Teresa, you know what, Teresa, this is messed up, what's going on around you, right? Because Joe Gorga, I'm sure, like if he was around his sister and he saw some of the things that were going on, that's another man saying to Teresa, I don't know. I don't know. There's a red flag here.
right? Um, I find that the, the other people around Teresa, they, yes, they, they tend to be like um, guessing her to death, even though they're seeing that there's things that don't that do not add up. They'll just be like, oh, you know, she's happy. Oh my God, he's amazing. He's sending her shut day and all of that. Like that's what Teresa has around her. But I truly believe that if Teresa has a person like Joe Gorga in her life, that's a problem for someone like Louis. And then if Teresa has a person like um, Jim in her life, that's another problem for Louis. I truly believe that. And another thing too, and that's just my own speculations, guys. When Teresa went away, when she went to prison, Jim is the one who came to pick her up. And he came with this guy, Mike, that happened to be a friend of Jim. And that guy was an ex-FBI agent, okay? So I don't know. I'm just saying, it seems to me that Jim, he might have some connections. He might be connected. He might know people who know people, whatever. And maybe Jim is just like, you know what? This is your life, Teresa. But if I were you, I would probably try to protect myself this way, that way, and all of that, right? And then there's probably a possibility that Louis feels threatened by that, okay? I'm thinking that Louis might be threatened that Teresa has Jim in her corner and that he is intentionally trying to sabotage that relationship um, for Teresa. I think at this point it's intentional. And I, I'm just saying, guys, I really hope this is just a rumor. But if Teresa ends up parting ways with Jim Leonard, I would say that she's in trouble at that point, because then I'm not really sure that the other men left in Teresa's life will care enough to advise her on what is possibly going on. Let me know, guys, what you think about that in the comments. Okay, so another thing that the ladies discussed during the live video last week had to do with... Um, you know, this whole rumor that things are not as kosher as they may seem between Melissa Feaster and Teresa Judaist, you know, Melissa Feaster being the co-host of Namaste Bitches. And um, yes, so, you know, I've had people come and comment under my YouTube videos as well and say, I'm a big Teresa fan, but I'm not really a fan of the podcast for whatever, whatever reason. I just wish that Teresa was more front and center and didn't necessarily feel as much as a co-host to Melissa. Because, you know, if you listen to the podcast, Melissa has to do a lot of the talking because she is the talker in the relationship. You know, whether you like Teresa or not, you, you have to admit she is not like a big communicator. So it's definitely very interesting that she has a podcast, but... Anyways, um, Melissa Feaster is the one that is probably coming up with a lot of the content. And, um, you know, to be honest, I have listened to the podcast. I still do once in a while. And uh, Teresa often asks Melissa, okay, what are we going to talk about today? And when, when, they, when she doesn't ask her that, they just start talking. And then Melissa says, well, you know, we're not really supposed to talk about that today. I had a whole agenda prepared and we ended up talking about something else for an hour, right? So... I think that when it comes to the podcast, um, 
like the the whole podcast between the two of them i i definitely think that melissa is the brain behind the operation and i'm not saying that she's the brain in a way that is derogatory to Teresa. like i'm not implying anything i'm just really saying it at face value right she has that experience because she had another podcast before side piece so anyways dana said during her live with kim d that um she thinks that the reason why Melissa Feaster and Teresa are kind of different with each other probably has to do with something more technical than what I've been alluding to or other people have been alluding to, right? So um, Dana says that it probably has to do with something that is um, RSS feed related. So when you have a podcast, the RSS feed and all of that, like podcasters would know, right? I'm not going to do everyone's education when it comes to that, but that's what it's related to. So to me, what was interesting was the fact that Dana said, I'm just speculating here. That's just my opinion and that's fine. You know, that's okay. I just feel like when I say to you guys, it's my opinion, it's truly my opinion because I'm not really connected to these people. I say that all the time, right? But, um, Dana has admitted that Melissa Feaster is a friend of hers, that they have talked in the past, maybe not recently, but they have talked in the past, and she really, really, really likes Melissa Feaster. So it leads me to believe that when Dana says something like, oh, it is RSS feed related, um, she might maybe be more in the know than she lets on. Like, I think that maybe she has some um, insight on what's going on between Teresa and Melissa. Um, maybe she has access to the behind the scenes when it comes to that because the RSS feed to me that's something so specific that I'm having a hard time thinking that this is just something that she is um, coming out with you know just like from her own perspective I think that this is probably something that maybe Melissa has shared with her in the past that is my opinion I'm not saying it's true I'm just saying it's just something very specific it's too specific to just be something that Dana is just like oh by the way I think they're feuding because of the RSS feed <laughs> So anyways, very interesting if Melissa Feaster did indeed say this to Dana because it made me think of something else because, you know, go back guys and listen to that video between Dana and Kim. But I thought it was very interesting that she said that because maybe Louis is like Dana said that maybe Louis is trying to do a podcast with Teresa or maybe they're trying to fight over that feed because they're getting traffic on that feed and Melissa is probably feeling like oh well you know I came up with like the podcast I know how it works maybe I should have the ownership of that feed and then Teresa might feel differently or Louis might feel differently like you know what I mean so I don't even think at this point it would be Teresa because again, she is not necessarily, um, I don't think she understood a year ago what all of these technicalities me meant, but maybe Louie has a little bit more knowledge when it comes to that. So um, I thought it was interesting that she said that because I don't know if you guys recall, but Louie was supposed to come out with a podcast called Men of Legacy. I remember at some point in time, Teresa was talking about that a lot in her on her podcast with Melissa. And she was saying, oh, Louie, he has set up this entire, like, you know, the garage at our house. And he's like doing this podcast with his son. 
called Man of Legacy, yada, yada, yada. And then if you go on Instagram um, under the Man of Legacy handle, you will see a few of those clips, you know, a la Louis, where he's like, oh, man, or this, or man, buy a $25,000 watch and a nice car. And then, you know, what's at the center of that? Like, you know, the, those types of inspirational things. So he hasn't posted in a while. And I've been looking because obviously if Louis is coming out with a podcast, I would want to listen. I want to hear what he has to say, right? Because I won't comment on something that I have no knowledge of. I have to listen to it and not just the sound bites, the whole thing, right? So I haven't been able to find anything on that. So I'm wondering now that Dana has kind of like opened the door and said that they're fighting about the feed and that there's a possibility that Louis might want to uh, piggyback on that feed with Teresa and maybe do a podcast with her. I think that that makes a lot of sense. If it's true, obviously, guys, take that with a grain of salt. It's all allegations. I don't know for certain, but I definitely thought that that was very interesting, if that's the case. Kim D had a completely different outlook on the situation. You know, she was saying that, you know, her thing was kind of just more like mine. You know, we've noticed the snarkiness on the podcast. You know, there's one thing I didn't discuss, guys, and this happened a long time ago. Um, I don't think they're really doing that anymore, but you know, they were having those two minutes um, with a guest, like people that like the podcast, mostly like bloggers and things like that. You recognize a lot of them. They come on, they all have like Twitter accounts or fan accounts or they're bloggers and they're usually Teresa fans, right? So right after the BravoCon debacle, right, the rumor, um, Melissa had... I think it's housewife historian she had her on the podcast and she came on and she came on the like we see her on you know on the video and then she's asking Teresa like questions about like the John Fuda interview that Kim D did with John Fuda and all of that and then Teresa talks to her but you could clearly tell that Teresa does not recognize who she is right and then she's like talking to her like yeah I can discuss that yeah I can discuss that yada 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 and then the two minutes are up and then she's like bye Teresa and all of that so then Melissa Feaster said to Teresa, she said, oh, that was housewife historian, by the way, right? And then um, Teresa said, what? That was her? And then she kind of got a little upset for like half a second. And she said to Melissa, why didn't you tell me that it was her, right? And then Melissa was like, oh, I didn't. Well whatever like she kind of had that attitude oh i didn't well too bad right and then teresa you could see like you know when she makes that face where she's like oh my gosh like you could tell she was like a little upset because she was talking to this girl and like if you guys like if you know housewife historian you know that she's a huge teresa fan and she defends teresa all the time so she is like out there in the fields like constantly putting content out there to defend Teresa and meanwhile Teresa is on her podcast and has this important 
uh, blogger, fan, um, YouTuber on her podcast, and she does not even know who she is. But Melissa knew. Melissa knew who she was, and Teresa didn't. So that's why sometimes when people like go super crazy in the comments and they're trying to like defend their points as if they know these people, it's like Teresa didn't even know who her biggest fan was, right? Uh, out there in the field. She had no idea. So, you know, those people, they don't really look at what we're... <laughs> they're not really looking at what we're doing like that. At least Teresa isn't because she had no idea who this person was, right? And uh, Melissa did. So, again, Melissa is probably the one who really knows what is going on behind the scenes. She's probably the one reading all of the comments, responding to fans, and it's probably people saying, oh my gosh, I love Teresa since season one, yada, yada, yada. And then Melissa's like, oh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And Teresa just lives her life not even like worrying about any of us that are make like commenting right on her behavior on what she does on the show on what we like what we don't like and all of that so i thought that that was very interesting but all of that to say that i felt like melissa was now unwilling to support teresa blindly after what happened at BravoCon allegedly that she was just like you know what you, you have to do some of the work too like i'm not just gonna be there like you know doing everything responding to our fans getting to know them thanking them doing all this work and you're the only person that gets the credit it is our podcast so i've definitely felt that melissa is kind of just like not so much like oh my gosh Teresa Teresa I love you so much like you know she's been a little bit more distant on the podcast and you know even the last episode that they had together like she was making fun of the fact that Teresa didn't know anything about um you know the caption that Gia put on her Instagram because Gia turned 23 years old. It was her birthday. And I guess her Instagram caption was like, this is my Jordan year. Teresa did not know that Michael Jordan had the number 23. And, you know, I have to say myself, I don't watch basketball, never have. I have watched like live basketball games uh, with the NBA, but I can't watch it on TV. I find it very boring on TV. I know like other people will say, what, what? No, like I don't watch basketball. I watch soccer. And um, what else do I watch? Hockey sometimes, right? But anyways, even though I don't watch basketball, I knew that Michael Jordan obviously was number 23, right? I knew that much. So Teresa didn't. And I felt like if you listen to the podcast, like Melissa was kind of like making fun of Teresa a lot. Like she was like, you don't know that. You didn't know that. You hang out with Larsa and um, Michael Jordan's son and you did not know what Jordan year meant. And she was kind of like, to me, that's my impression of it. That's my perspective. I felt like Melissa was making Teresa feel like she was stupid a little bit, right? And you guys know I don't like to use that word. I don't like to call people names. And I even said multiple times that I don't even like when people say that she is stupid. I just think that she is um, smart in a different way. That's that's how I'm going to put it. That's how I'm going to put it when it comes to Teresa. So I felt like Melissa was enjoying picking at Teresa's lack of knowledge. And at some point in time, you could tell that Teresa was a little bit annoyed with her because we know from watching the show that that's her trigger. She does not like when people um, allude to 
um, you know, her being smart or stupid or something like that. So I've definitely noticed that noticed that Melissa likes to do that um, more than she used to. And um, we possibly have to be on the lookout for that. I don't know if they will continue this venture, like the podcasting venture uh, for the long term, but we shall see. Okay, so let's talk about Salt Lake City for a little bit, guys. I don't know if you listened to my last episode last week. It came out last Tuesday, a little bit earlier than expected. I did a video with a friend, Rhonda. Um, you can go back on my Podbean or on my Substack, guys, to listen to the full episode. Um, it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed talking to her and, you know, just sharing different perspective on the show. And I am proud to announce, guys, that I have finally listened to all four seasons of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and I am completely caught up with um, that franchise. And I have to say, guys, I did not know that this show was this good, at least from my own perspective. I... (sighs) I, I haven't felt in that way in a long time because you know my first love is New Jersey. Always loved Jersey. But um and I love obviously uh Beverly Hills, but it's been a while since I've had like an interest in a new Housewives franchise, right? Like a new one. I'm not a big fan of Potomac. Like I liked it a little bit more at the beginning, but now not so much. I find that the stories are weak. I used to love, 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 love Atlanta, and uh, it's just not the case for Atlanta anymore. It hasn't been for a lot of years, so for me at least, right? So it was definitely interesting to dive into Salt Lake City, and I don't know, that franchise just does it for me, like from the fashions that they wear, their lavish lifestyle, and like that whole depth with the religion and all of that, I find that it brings something very interesting and unique to the show and the connection that these women have uh, on the cast. Another thing that I have to say is that, um, you know, people could have their favorites in Salt Lake City, but I have to say all of these women, except for Mary, okay, and we'll, we'll talk about her in a moment, Okay, in a moment at the end, right? But I find that all of the women, they really, really bring it on the show. Like there's no bencher, like there's no one on the bench. Like when it's time to get um, a little bit crazy or agitated or to to confront something, I find that all of the women bring it. Whether it's Angie, Meredith, uh, Lisa Barlow, I, I don't know why I like Lisa Barlow. Like, I, I'm sure some people don't, but I just, this woman is like a little bit of a pit bull. Like, she will, <laughs> she brings it. Like, I think she brings it. Like, you know, you can think whatever you want about her, but I think she's great on the show. I really like her a lot. And um, who else? Uh, Heather, um, obviously, the seasons that Jen Shaw was on the show, I cannot. You know, I cannot deny that she was definitely entertaining to watch too, right? So anyways, I'm all caught up with the whole season, uh, season four, three, two, and one. Now, one thing that I want to say when it comes to the show is that that yesterday it was um, 
the part two reunion of the Real Housewives of South Lake City. And then we have Monica, like, you know, she's talking about her whole situation. And you guys have to remember, because I am like a fresh, like, you know, it's a fresh set of eyes. I've never watched the show before. And I just basically binge watched the entire season in the past couple of weeks. So something I thought was very interesting, guys, is at the beginning of the season, season four, um, there is a sit down between Angie and Monica, right? They're like, oh, hi, how are you? All of that. And then she's like, oh, we were both uh, friends with Jen Shaw. And, you know, we both had a falling out with her. And basically, we bonded over that. Okay, that's basically how Angie introduces Monica to the show. And then to that little luncheon follows Lisa Barlow. She comes in after. And... Lisa Barlow says something that I thought was very interesting, and I'm going to play it right now for you guys. that that was a very interesting comment made by Lisa Barlow and I don't know if I'm reading too much into it guys but this is what I've been alluding to last week when I was talking with Rhonda right uh, and I, I, I guess I can say it now because I went back to watch um, season one well not season one reunion part one and Andy basically called Monica an informant to the FBI or to the authorities. He actually uses that word. He said that she became an informant. So I, I thought that was very interesting. Interesting that Lisa said that at the very beginning of the season, episode one, she said, I would have not been able to pick her out of a police lineup or um, you know, witness protection program. And usually when someone changes their appearance, that's not the first thing that comes to mind. Usually you're just like, this person has changed their appearance. I would have not recognized them, you know? And usually if they use an analogy, it's, it usually doesn't have to do with the witness protection program. So I thought that was very, very interesting and kind of like a telling statement from Miss Lisa Barlow. And I think we shall stay tuned. By the way, guys, most of you who already know everything that there is to know about the franchise, um, please understand that I'm new when it comes to Salt Lake City. So there's probably a lot of stuff that people have known for at least four years that I'm just get like you know getting like interested in at this point. So, but for those of you who do not know uh, about this, there is this documentary out there called The Housewife and the Shaw Shocker. And Dana Wilkie is in that um, is in that documentary, and that's very interesting because it seems like she has a lot of insight, or she was very close to the situation. Even during her live with Kim D last week, she said that she was in contact 
uh, years ago with the reality Von Tees and that she was sending her information about stuff or she was in the background about, you know, the gensha of it all. And then she did that documentary and, you know, she was really in the know. And if you're a fan of Dana, you know that she does like a lot of like investigative type of podcasts. So I thought it was very interesting when I saw her in there. And she had to, a lot to say on the Jen Shaw case, right? So for those of you who did not know about this, just go watch it. It's like, I think it's like 45 minutes to an hour. It's really, really, really good. So. So it just goes back to what me and Rhonda were saying last week because Rhonda was talking about, she alluded to that a lot um, in our last episode, the fact that, um, what's her name, Monica used to be blonde and now she is a brunette, not that people cannot change the color of their hair, they do that all the time, but apparently she looked completely different too, according to some people, right? So. Anyways, another thing that was very interesting during um, season two, part, part two reunion, I keep on saying season two, season four reunion part two, right? She, um, she was talking about her name, like all of her different names from Garcia to Delgado to uh, Fowler and all of that. There seems to be a lot of confusion there. You know, I've told you guys before, my husband is Portuguese and I remember I said to her, I said to him, oh, um, is Garcia a Portuguese last name? I never met a, a, a Portuguese person with the last name Garcia, so I asked my husband, and then he said, no, it's more of a Spanish last name. I said, that's what I thought. But you know, if you're from the mainland, it's possible that maybe you have, like if you're closer to Spain than in the islands per se, it's possible that they may have similar last name. And my husband said, I never met a Portuguese person, and I like I know a lot of them, but he said, I never met one that was named Garcia. So I was like, me neither, but hey, it's possible because that's her last name, right? So, and then yesterday during the, the reunion, she said that, you know, you have to remember that her mom's side is the Portuguese side and then her dad's side, and she does not know her father. That's what she said, at least, Monica. She said that his last name was Delgado. And then I was surprised, because I said to my husband, Delgado, I know Portuguese people named Delgado, like a few, actually, and my husband like, me too. Like, is this girl confused? Is, is <laughs> Was my husband's reaction is like, maybe she's like, I said, no, she said, it's her mom. Her mom is Garcia, her dad is Delgado. But anyways, she says her dad is Colombian, and that's his last name very possible you know at some point in time you know the Spaniards were all over the place so who knows right it's possible that there there's been like a crossing of the names like who am I to say that that's not her last name but I thought it was very interesting that she has so many different well the fact that she has many names or different names that's not a red flag because, you know, it's kind of part of the culture too, you know, same thing for me. It's like usually, you know, when you have your kids, you, you, you put the name, like, you know, usually Mary, this and that, and then you give the mom's name, the dad's name, and then all of that. So it's not uncommon for people of, you know, um, Hispanic or Latin descent or even Caribbean to have very long, long names, right? Even myself, I have like so many. Um, and I understood like that whole thing about taking her husband's last name, Fowler, she kind of wanted to uh, belong to a family and all of that. So I get that, right? So, so that part I got. But I find it funny that she used her name 
for different situations at different times in her life. And I don't know why that is, but I thought that that was definitely interesting. But anyways, um, another thing that me and Rhonda talked about last week had to do with Monica's mom probably wanting more, wanting to do more on the show or then she lets on that she, you know Monica's the star of the show but I felt that her mom was really trying to get just as much camera time that's at least the feeling that I got and you know that whole scene at Greek Easter I didn't feel like Monica's mom was coming from a genuine place I felt like she was coming from a place of you know what we're acting right now and I'm gonna get uh, as much drama possible in that scene to make sure that my daughter gets uh, camera time and that I also uh, have my chance on the camera, like that I get seen as well, right? I really felt like her mom, um, that was her, like it seems like her mom was playing like a, si like a silent producer. That's what I feel like. And we see it in the le leaked messages. She says, you're an actress. You know, your job is to get in, as many scenes as possible and I felt like her mom said that to her daughter and that also became her her goal as well that she was just like I'm gonna help you get as much camera time as possible so even though you're talking about something with like a friend of you of yours like one of the housewives I'm just gonna say that I don't agree with you so that way we can argue a little bit and then it will be good TV and then you'll be seen and I'll be seen as well I truly believe that also another thing that I forget to mention last week um, I couldn't remember it but that whole thing in that happened in Bermuda you know Monica was supposed to go and visit her family while she was there and then eventually she receives a phone call and then that whole plans goes to shit because oh the family received a call from Monica's mom and she said don't don't see Monica just shut it down don't go see her blah 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 I also felt that that was produced by her mom I really do I feel like her mom was probably like you know what I'm not going I was supposed to go on this trip now I'm not going and it's gonna be another way for them to kind of talk about me in that scene and it's gonna create drama for my daughter so then my daughter is gonna be like sad and mad and they're gonna talk about it and that's another scene for her right I think that her mom was probably in the behind the scenes trying to produce the show as well. I really do. And now we have a little bit more insight because Monica says that her mom left her in Pennsylvania at the age of 12 so she could pursue her own dream on, of being on television. So what does that tell you? It tells you that m maybe, like I'm not saying that it's the case right now and I'm not coming from a judging place, but. It, to me, it screams, I want to be on TV. It's like TV first and then my kid second kind of thing, right? And I truly feel like this is what this woman is doing until this day on the show. Till this day. 
even that uh, scene where her mom is talking to the plant like she's arguing with her daughter and then eventually she's talking to the plant and saying like this and that and the other her mom knows what makes good tv i think and what will be controversial enough to make the cut on the show and i think that her mom is playing the role of a silent producer another thing that i wanted to talk to you guys about has to do with Stuart Smith. How come no one is talking about Stuart Smith? And I'm not going to talk too much about that, but I wanted to point out to my listeners' attention that there's a very interesting Reddit thread, okay? And again, guys, you cannot believe everything that is on Reddit, but it was very interesting to me, to say the least. And um, apparently, Stuart Smith has not been sentenced yet and people are, are alluding to the fact that he has not been processed yet that he has not been sentenced therefore he's not in prison meanwhile Jane Shaw is serving her sentence of six years uh, which has been reduced to five years recently but there's other people involved in that whole thing and this is what once um, one person on reddit said he said I'm actually not sure what is going on. It's likely that his sentencing will not occur until he has finished testifying or until his co-conspirators slash accomplices accept plea deals. I think his cooperation will be presented to a judge as a justification for decreased sentencing. So it could be months or even years until he is sentenced. So anyways, the, the, the thread on Reddit, it goes on for like quite some times and I there's like some really good stuff in there. So I just thought I would bring that up to your attention because we hear constantly about Jen Shaw and we know that at the time that she got arrested, she got arrested with her friend, her confidant, confidant I should say uh, the person that she trusts more than or knew more about her than even her own husband's by her own admission so obviously because you know they were both going into this case together and then she couldn't speak to him couldn't speak to her and then eventually Stuart Smith ended up accepting a plea de deal before Jen Shaw like they went into it saying that you know what we are not guilty and then eventually he changed his stance and pleaded guilty but he has yet to be sentenced and he has not been processed yet so what is going on with Stuart Smith people are alluding to the fact that he might be in uh, the witness protection program. So let me know what you guys think when it comes to that situations in the comment. Given everything that I said at the very, very beginning uh, when we started talking about Salt Lake City and the comment made by Lisa Barlow about Monica. And I'm wondering if Lisa is alluding to Monica um, maybe copying a plea or like a deal with the feds as well, right? I think it's very interesting. Like, do you guys think that Monica is as innocent as she lets on? Let me know in the comments. So Mary enters the scene, Mary from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And guys, again, I have to say, I'm new at watching this show, so a lot of you have, like a lot of you who have been, you know, fans of the show since its inception, 
probably have had those feelings that I'm experiencing right now um, when it comes to certain cast members. But for me, please understand that everything is new. Like I'm watching this show for the first time. So um, I'm sorry if my opinions or my uh, reaction comes in a little bit later than most of you. But um, when it comes to Mary, I have to say, guys, I've watched, now that I've watched all four seasons of The Real Housewives, of Salt Lake City now that I'm all caught up when it comes to that show that particular franchise I have to say that for my part I do not like Mary I do not like Mary Cosby um, I can understand why sometimes people can think that you know she brings a little bit of something to the show but I'm just saying like I'm just speaking from my own perspective Mary does not do it for me okay she really doesn't um i don't like her attitude i don't like the way that she speaks to the women i don't like the way that whenever she's confronted she starts doing these things where she's just like what you're saying is not important who is talking to you uh no one is talking to you and then she just shuts down and then the conversation cannot continue there's very little resolution with Mary. I do not enjoy how the other women go and do things together. Like that's one thing that I really like about this show because it is in a uh, Salt Lake City in Utah. And I've been to U Utah before. I've never been to Salt Lake City, but I've been to Utah. Beautiful, beautiful place. And the fact that the women are very active, you know, they do snowboarding. They snowboard, they they ski, the ice fish like they're always out there doing something which i think is very cool and very often mary is not part of these activities and she stays on the bus and orders mcdonald's or she comes in late and is disrespectful to other um cast members events you know like throughout the years we see that i don't know like whitney has organized certain things and then Although Mary was on the premises, she decided to take her time and come to her event late, which I think is very disrespectful. Like there was this, um, um, I, I don't know what it was exactly, but it was some sort of like spiritual thing. And all of the women were taking place. Um, they were taking part into it. And then Mary was just like, well, this is not something that interests me. So I'm just really going to be late to the party. And she was saying this intentionally because she's like, basically, this is not my fate. I don't believe in like, she's, she didn't say witchcraft, but that's basically kind of like what she chalks it up to. And we can see her curling her hair. And she's just like, I'm just going to be late to that intentionally because it doesn't matter to me. I think that this is disrespectful if you do not w wish to attend something that's fine or if you don't wish to participate that's fine but you could at least show up and just still still be respectful you know you see the women in other franchises do that all the time sometimes they have um I don't know like a, a medium come on the show and then the ladies are like oh yeah tell me about this or my future and whatever and there's other ladies that I like no that's okay I don't need to hear it but they're still there right they just refuse to like partake in the activity but they do it in a respectful way I don't feel like this is the case for Mary Cosby I find her extremely extremely disrespectful i think that she does not bring anything to the show other than just like 
being rude to be honest she is being rude to the woman most of the time um she says things that are like like the whole thing about calling heather an inbred that was wrong on so many levels and she even said at the reunion that the comments that heather made about her house were worse than her calling her an inbred so i don't know what's going on in Mar mary's brain but i have to say i'm not a fan and again this might be triggering what i'm going to say at this point guys so if this is triggering to you please do not listen but i have a really hard time because mary and i'm not saying this in a judgmental way but please hear me out the whole situation around mary i find from my perspective i find it creepy as hell okay and the reason for that is I'm not even a prude. I, I consider myself very open-minded when it comes to a lot of things. But when it comes to her situation and her marriage, I'm sure it took some courage from Mary's part to come on a show and discuss that. So I will, dis I will give her that. But there's nothing that will make me accept that situation that Mary is discussing. And I know people are going to say, well, Stella, do you realize that, you know, they don't actually have any, um, they do not share bloods, you know, they're not really blood relatives, you know, it's her step grandfather. And I'm like, yes, I do realize that, but it does not make any difference in my mind. Okay. That's just my opinion. And I will say that because, you know, I, I'm not going to be walking on eggshells when it comes to things like this. I find that very disturbing and I will tell you why. Um, I love my grandfather very much and I'm sure a lot of girls out there love their grandfathers very much. So th to think that, okay, so here's the thing. For those of you who did not know, Mary Cosby is married to her step-grandfather. So her step-grandfather was married at some point in time with Mary Cosby's maternal grandmother. Okay, and once this woman passed away, he married Ma uh, Mary Cosby, right? So it's important to state that when Robert marries now husband, when he met her for the first time, Mary must have been four years old. Four, like the number four. Okay, he was not very old himself when he married uh, Mary's grandmother. He must have been maybe 24 years old. Okay, so or 20 years old, I can't remember. But, anyways, between him and Mary, there is um, between him and Mary, there's an 18 years difference. Okay, so when he met Mary for the first time, he was four. So, to me, in my mind, it is it, it's just not something that I can come to come to terms with I'm sorry it's like you cannot watch a little girl from the ages of four years old and then watch her grow up as her now grandfather mind you he was in his 20s but Mary was four so at some point in time I'm like thinking she must have come home she might have come to, to visit her grandma and spend some time with uh robert and he saw her as a little girl and to me 
it is disturbing to think that a man that used to look at a, a girl as his own almost, right, as his granddaughter, as a four-year-old girl, to see her grow up and then one day say, yeah, I'm going to have intercourse with this person. I, I find that that's sick, okay? I find that that's highly disturbing. I'm not trying to come from a judgment, judgmental place, but I have a hard time accepting this, okay? And I, th I, I think that I'm not the only one because according to Mary, she had a hard time accepting it as well, right? Because she said, um, I think it was in her first season when she's explaining how all of this came about. And obviously, guys, there's some controversy over the whole story. Like around the whole story, like there's people saying that it's not true that, you know, um, Mary's grandmother did not say to uh, her husband, please marry one of my girls. Um, I don't know. There's like stories out there that say that this is not true. I've heard a story again, guys. It's alleged, um, but it's out there. I've heard a story that um, the grandmother, before she died, she had suspicions that her husband was fooling around with Mary and that, you know, something was going on. That's what I've heard, right? And it came from um, the grandmother's son, like one of Mary's uncle um, did a, like a podcast or a video or an interview and uh he was saying that in the interview okay so that has been out there for quite some time so i'm just saying guys when it comes to mary that whole story is creepy to me i will never accept that because to me if you if you hold the title of grandfather you should never have these intentions with your grand grandchildren and it doesn't matter if you share blood with them or not i just think that it's wrong that's my opinion and i'm not changing it okay and i'm actually surprised that uh bravo relishes in that and they think that this is a good story because it's not you know i i don't want my i don't want people to start thinking that it's okay to marry your granddaddy right so anyways moving right along now that i've said that and i've gotten that out of my chest when it comes to mary and I'm not going to recap the whole show, guys, but I find her to be very frustrating. And I was a little bit disappointed with the women because I feel like the women want to say something to Mary, but instead they kiss her ass or instead they're just like, oh, yeah, she's comedic relief. Like she was needed and all of that. She's funny and that and the other. But I feel like they're not speaking their real um, like what's really in their heart, right? And I have a feeling that I know what is happening here. And I can't say that I blame them because we talked about this um, in the last episode that I did with Rhonda. We talked about Beverly Hills. We talked about racism. We talked about all of that, right? And what's going on in the world and what you can say, what you cannot say, if I agree with Garcelle or if I don't. So, you know, I have to say, and I even hate to have to say that all the time, guys, because it shouldn't matter for people to have an opinion. But anyways, I am a black woman, so, you know, that is my opinion as a black woman. I find this very irresponsible, extremely irresponsible that Mary can sit on a couch and accuse 
another woman without any proof, without any evidence, and call her a racist, okay? I was, actually, I did not even see that coming yesterday. When I was sitting on the couch watching the reunion, she basically looked at Whitney and said that re Whitney was racist. And then she made it about the whole Mormon religion. We're not gonna, we're not in class today, so we're not necessarily gonna do a whole history on that. But I was a little bit surprised that Mary just singled out uh, the Mormon religion because, you know, there's other religions that basically had the shared the same beliefs right when it comes to not just black but other people of colors even women like certain religions did not recognize that women had a soul up until like the late 60s so i'm just saying like the fact that they just singled out the mormons i thought that that was laughable but again we're not in a history class today i just wanted to say that i thought it was interesting that after saying that mary said that she felt that whitney was a racist, but then she couldn't explain why. And I was disappointed that instead of standing strong and standing up for herself, you know, witness stood up for herself a little bit. She just said, well, this is a strong accusation. Have I ever said anything or done anything for you to, 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 to say that? And then Mary said, no. But I wish Whitney would have like gone harder on Mary or someone else on the couch. And I feel like the reason why the women are not doing it is because they are scared. They are scared to go toe to toe with Mary who happens to be black. And then they're scared to be called racist as a result of going toe to toe with her. And this is what I was warning you guys about last, last episode. Okay, as a black woman, I said, I don't want my friends or I don't want people around me to walk on eggshells with me. I do not want that. I want to have conversations with people. And I am very cognizant of the fact that a person who happens to be white cannot like me who happens to be black. And the reason why they do not like me may have nothing to do with the fact that I'm black. Sometimes people just don't like each other. That happens, you know? And it has happened so many times in my life where people have not liked me and I never in my ma mind thought of calling them racist because of it. Like, to be honest with you, sometimes I knew why they didn't like me. Like, I know who I am as a person and sometimes, you know, when you're a straight shooter, people don't like you for that reason. So I'm like, that's probably why they don't like me. But very rarely in my life have I said to myself, this person does not like me because I'm black. Now, I'm not saying that that has never happened. It has certainly happened in my life where I was just like, yeah, you know, I think this, I think this is what's going on with this person because I have heard them say something that was very off-putting, right? And by off-putting, I'm talking about something really off-putting. Those are the few instances in my life where I was just like, yes, this person has prejudice. This person is probably a racist. But most of the time, if someone doesn't like me, I'm just like, they just don't like my personality. And the fact that I am black is second or third or fourth, right? It might not be the main reason. And this is where we are now, people. Now, if you say to a person of color or to a person like Mary or who happens to be black, if you say, you know what, Mary, I don't like you because you don't show up for scenes, because you are 
complicated because you don't partake, participate. You don't really bring anything to the show. People are scared to be told that because they're saying this to a black woman that they are racist. This is where we are, we are now, guys, like in this whole thing. Okay, and I don't think that's fair. I do not think that's fair. I think that the women should talk to Mary the exact same way they talk to each other in the sense that they should call her out when she does something that the women do not like. They should go just as hard with Mary that they would with the other women on the cast. You know, the fact that Mary is a, of a different ethnicity has absolutely nothing to do why someone might have a problem with you. And I'm kind of sick and tired that they're always making it about that now on the show. And another thing that I was really disappointed about was the fact that nobody brought up Jenny. Jenny Nguyen, who was on the show last season. And some of you will say, well, do you know, Stella, what she wrote back in 2020? She said this and that and the other. She didn't say anything derogatory. She basically stated her opinion and said that she was not for the destruction of businesses by people that were rioting, okay? Jenny is allowed to have the opinions that she has. She was not saying that people are not allowed to protest. She was saying people are not allowed to loot and destroy and act in a certain way towards innocent people. So I guess those tweets that were either written by, by her or by somebody from her camp got picked up later on and that was enough for her to lose her place on the show. But Let's talk about Jeannie for a little bit. When Jeannie was on the show, she tried to be friends with Mary. She tried to have a relationship with her. She tried to have a conversation with her and she was always shut down. In fact, every time that Jeannie opened up her mouth, Mary was quick to shut her down and she was quick to say, I can't even listen to this woman talking. She was very dismissive of Jenny, who happened to be uh, Vietnamese, okay? And she even said, and I'm sorry, this is not me saying this, people, so full disclosure, um, Mary used like a, a, a slur, a, a racial slur towards um, Jenny and she made a comment about her eyes being slanted. She said that on the show. Okay, I apologize for the statement. I'm not, I do not mean to offend anyone, but this is something that Mary Cosby said on the show last year. She made a comment about Jenny's eyes and she said that she had yellow tones, like a yellow tone, right? So I don't know about you guys. I don't know about the ladies that were sitting on the couch. I'm just saying, as a person of color, when I heard Mary Cosby say that to Jenny, I was very offended and uncomfortable. And I was just like, this woman is being prejudiced for absolutely no reason towards a person that is Vietnamese and no one is protecting Jenny on the show, right? No one is protecting that. I think maybe like Andy made like a little comment about that. Like I've heard a few things, but nobody took a strong stance when it comes to what Mary said to Jenny, which was offensive. 
But then again, Mary is allowed to sit on the exact same couch as the other ladies, and she was able to come back on the show for another season. But Jenny has been uh, excommunicated from the franchise. And meanwhile, Jenny has real instances, concrete examples of Mary being prejudiced towards her. But Mary can sit on the couch and accuse another female of being a racist and, and is allowed to not have to provide any evidence of such action. I find that Bravo is doing a very poor job when it comes to that. I was very disappointed in Andy Cohen last night for not calling that out. I don't know if it was left on the editing floor. I don't know. I don't know if it was cut, but I was very disappointed that no one brought that up. And I have reached out to Jenny uh, to find out if she had any comments when it comes to what Mary Cosby said. And I will keep you guys posted as, you know, if she decides to respond or if we have a conversation about the whole thing. But I just thought I would let you guys know this. So that's it, guys. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. I realize that this is a very, very, very long episode. I hope you enjoy every single bit of it. And as always, think for yourself. Don't let the people around you tell you how to feel, how to think. Think for yourself. Be a fan and not fanatical.